0: Lana Schlafer is a speaker, life mastery, and law of attraction coach, and creator of the Master Your Life Academy. Through her courses, guided meditations, and mastermind programs, she's helped thousands of clients go from I Have a Vision to I Have Arrived into the most extraordinary and fulfilled lives they can imagine. She resides in Southern California with her husband and their three kiddos. You can learn more about her at lanaschleifer.com and also in this conversation, of course. It's funny because this is actually our first, or this was our first real-time conversation, even though we'd known each other just through mutual facebook groups for years really since the beginning of my business but this was our first time talking in real time and i wanted to invite her to share her story on the show because i really admire how she shows up in the world and you'll see what i mean when you hear her and then also just when you follow her online if you if you don't yet she's just fully herself And she owns the ups and she owns the downs and she boldly shares the journey all along the way. And I really appreciate and respect that. And I'm also super inspired by her story about delivering her twins at home 33 hours apart. I will link to that in the show notes because it's a wow. But that's just one part of our conversation today. In this conversation, we cover... Lana's story and how each of the chapters have brought her to where and who she is today why she calls her practice life mastery and what that really means to her her mom goals, the practices and behaviors that she aims to model for her kiddos her keys to how she describes it, feet on the ground manifestation and her experiences in the hot seat with Abraham Hicks when and why resistance can be a good thing, powerful lessons around letting go, I share some fun stories of my own micro manifest Stations, what that has to do with nail polish and Christmas lights. Those are some funny ones in there. And then why and how allowing support has literally shifted everything for her and evolved how she looks at being a mom. Enjoy. All right, Lana, for real. I'm pressing record because we've already had an amazing 10 minute. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry to our friend listening who missed out in the first 10 minutes, but I promise there's lots of goodness in store. I'm so excited for us to be talking in real time, like on the same line for the first time after knowing each other online for years.
1: I'm so excited to be here. We've already had an awesome <laughs> leading up to this conversation that I'm sure will take us even further, but I just, I, I adore you, Nikki, and Aww. I love what you're doing and I love what you're putting out in the world and I think it's needed and so beautiful
0: and I'm just so excited to that you're bringing your podcast for season two and I yes. get to be on it. <laughs> yes, likewise. Well, thank you. I'm glad to have you and I want to kick off the conversation just by setting the frame by this time I will have shared your bio and the official nuts and bolts, but I really just love to literally, it's funny because I'm sitting in front of my window right now in my office, but I'm like, what's the frame that we're looking through for this conversation? So if you could just set us up and tell us about your family and about your business and kind of the timeline of how all these moving parts came into the picture.
1: Oh, how much time you got?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Approximately 50 (laughs) minutes.
1: (laughs) You know, I feel like I'll start at the end which is where I'm at now. And then I'll work backwards that I've recognized that there are many me's Mm. and the, external turmoil that I've been facing my entire life in one way or another, and now at a much subtler level, um, but still it shows up, is really all of the parts of me coming forward and wanting to find harmony instead of be at war with one another. Mm -hmm. And most recently, how it's come up is I have this thriving business that I love that is such a joy for me to be in. And it's also become really dynamic. And I've grown it from a little business that I had on the side to a company and I am a mom of three kids and I am a wife and I am, you know, wanting a relationship where I spend quality time with my husband and we have an active intimate life and we have adventure and I want to play with my kids and I want to be with my friends and I want to travel and I want to do all of these things. And there are many, many parts of me that in the past, I feel like I've had to put some on the back burner and feel like, well, you don't get to play right now. You get to sit this one out. And it's become Mm -hmm. unbearable recently. And I've realized that it was because I wasn't really accepting all of me. And so going back to my roots where I grew up in Russia, and I came to the US when I was 12. And I had a really powerful and painful experience of being in a new country as a total foreigner and a total immigrant, and needing to figure out who am I in this new context as a teenager. And figuring out along the way that, you know, I want the American dream and I wanted to have this amazing job and amazing family. And I was able to achieve a lot of outer success, but I felt miserable on the inside when I was in investment banking and I was in this like relationship that seemed like it was going to lead to marriage. And to make a long story short, I was so depressed that I ended up doing a hard U-turn out of that life. (laughs) And I walked away from the corporate career and from that relationship. And I spent probably the last, what, 12, 15 years now, just blindly feeling around and trying to figure out what is the meaning of life for me? Who am I? What matters to me? How can I create something meaningful in this world that has a positive impact on me, on those around me and on the world? And so It's been an incredible journey of teaching yoga and doing personal training and studying psychology as a therapist and not really becoming a therapist and life coaching and all of these things combined now into this practice, which I'm calling life mastery. And ultimately it's self-realization, but it is a realization in a very grounded way. You could call me a spiritual teacher, but I feel like spiritual is the normal. I'm not super woo-woo as most people. I don't have a ton of crystals in those things, even though I think they're fabulous. I'm into feet on the ground type of way of improving your life and creating true, satisfying fulfillment and happiness, whatever that means to you.
0: Okay, I love that. I'm taking notes over here. And one of the things that I just wanted to verbally highlight is the voice inside that was saying, you don't get to play right now. And so before we dig into that, though, how old are your kiddos at this point? And at what point did like, when did they, because I know you had twins first and then your little guy. So at what point did the twins come? Where was your business? Like what stage of business were you at at that point when you got pregnant and then had the first two little ones?
1: Yeah, so I was in grad school and we just got engaged. And two months later, I found out I'm pregnant. And then surprise, it's twins. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was um, in the middle of studying, getting my master's in counseling at that time. So I ended up leaving that program. And I always say I'm half a master because I never got my master's. <laughs> the master's um, is half full. right? right? <laughs> so I really started my business after I had the kids particularly because I had been studying you know, a therapy and healing modalities and yoga and all of these things, the law of attraction. And, but it wasn't really until I had the birth experience that was like an epic vision quest. The kids were born over two days. We had a home birth. They were born 33 hours apart. There were so many things that my rational mind couldn't explain. They were straight up miracles, including at one point, the second twin, my daughter, after my son came out, she turned and went transverse. And I ended up speaking with this clairvoyant person in Europe, God knows how I got connected to all these people, who in 30 minutes was able to turn her around and she was engaged and then I was able to birth. I mean, I had miracle after miracle after miracle. And so maybe the six months after the kid's birth, I was just trying to acclimate to what has just happened and who am I now? And soon after I started thinking about, okay, I really want to share this. Like I've always shared everything I'm passionate about. I'm kind of a natural preacher, if you will. You know, I just shout from the rooftops what I love. And so it was about a year when the twins were about a year that I started my blog and I started putting some things out, but I was still mostly a stay-at-home mom, teaching yoga, doing some workshops. And it wasn't until they were two years old, I believe in 2012, that I like officially started my business. I had tried to go back working part-time, didn't like having a boss and somebody to have to be somewhere at a certain time. So in 2012, I officially started my business and boy, it's been a wild ride. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And since then I've had my third baby who is now a year and a half. So I've got seven year old twins and a year and a half baby boy.
0: I love that. I remember now I want to link to it in the show notes, but it was a video or something where you were talking about your birth story and just all the miracles that happened leading up to it. So I know that somebody's pregnant with twins and wanting to, <laughs> or just pregnant at all, or even thinking about becoming pregnant. And it's just interesting to hear stories and how like the miracle of the human body and how things can work out when everything's left.
1: You know, it was where the tire hit the road for me really. And I feel like, you know, everyone approaches this differently, but ever since I was young, I had challenges in some parts of my childhood that I remember distinctly saying, when I have kids, I will be different. And it was very ingrained in my mind that like, the most important thing that I will ever do is to recreate my childhood experience type of thing when I have my kids and do it differently. So naturally there was a lot of momentum and a lot of pressure on me. And still to this day, I think it's the thing that I care about the most is raising human beings. You know, like once I've taken it on, I want to do a damn good job. And so I feel like after that birth experience and really it mattered more than ever to me to be the type of person I wanted to be when I have two sets of eyes looking at me, right. you know, it amplified everything to a, to another level. And it became more important than ever to self-realize because I did not want to be half a person and incomplete, a disempowered, a lost person. I'd rather be living in a shoebox and making ends meet barely, but be the kind of fulfilled, aligned mom to my children and have a partnership with my husband because my parents got divorced and they didn't have necessarily the happiest marriage. It was really important to me to provide that kind of emotional well-being for my kids that
0: I feel like I didn't get. Okay. I want to dive into this because, oh, shoot, Sharky, my robot, my vacuum. (laughs) Hang on. (laughs) This happened in another one and we had to pause. Okay, hang on. I'll be right back after Sharky. Okay. Some people have actual pets. I just have my robot vacuum <laughs> and he's the one who interrupts live calls and interviews. Okay. But what I wanted to talk about, cause I've been really interested in this. It's funny. Cause you were asking like, Oh, you get all your work done in two days. And I was like, well, I haven't been working much lately, <laughs> like for the last year and a half. But what I have been doing is just reflecting and taking note of my family dynamics and what's going on over here. And one thing I've become very aware of is how much I want to pour into my kiddos because dang, they're growing so fast. Mm. Six and two right now. And I'm like, okay, there are these life lessons I'm learning now that I'm in my 30s that they don't have to wait till they're 30 to understand these just life principles that I feel like I'm learning and knowing to be true. And I'm curious because you said you're not super woo and I understand and appreciate that. But also at the same time I ever heard about Abraham Hicks, the first time I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? The one you me. just channeled? <laughs> like, it's Esther Hicks, but it's Abraham, and it's this channeled being. And I was yeah. like, "What?" And I was so skeptical, but now I just love listening to Abraham YouTube videos, and I usually listen on my way home, like if I'm dropping the boys off at school, then when I'm spending my first you know, 15 minutes to myself each morning in the car, then I usually just open up my YouTube app, not to where I can watch it. There's nothing to watch anyway, it's audio, but I'll just listen to it on the drive home. And so I'm super curious because I know you've had firsthand experiences. And so I'm just nosy and I just want to know about it. And I'll link to some of my favorite videos. Y'all so you know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah. I have, some about my, I have some of my hot seats up on my YouTube channel so I can send you links to those. Okay. Cool. So, So the reason I say I'm not super woo is because I, you know, most people, I think they remove God from outside of them. Mm. And so when they say words like channel to them, it's another entity flowing through you. My basic understanding and what I know to be true is that God is within me and within you and within everyone. And ultimately we are drops of the ocean. So it is the same God. Mm -hmm. And so to me, it is not some esoteric philosophical concept. To me, it is I am divine and I am God and I am human at the same time. And the dance that I get to dance for how I marry those two, for how I live in harmony with my full spiritual, omnipotent, limitless, fully capable divine self and my wounded and focused in certain perspectives because of the experiences that I've had, because of the good and the bad that I've lived human self. When those two show up to play fully, that's when I know I'm in this sweet spot. Which, by the way, one of my brilliant therapists years ago told me that's a symbolism of the cross mm-hmm. in, you know, in Christianity, is that the vertical is the spiritual and the horizontal is the human. And when you're at the center of the cross, you're in full
0: realization. Wow. And I was like, oh, I Ooh. never... Thought about it
1: like yeah it's, it's it's like oh and i can feel it when i am fully in my body right i can feel my heart beating my feet when my body feels fully alive i feel my cells my blood i feel this like total feeling of Aliveness, I don't know how else to explain it, in my body and I am receiving ideas. And this is where I think that the spiritual comes in. But to me, again, it's normal, is that I realize that I am a receiver of ideas, that it is a co-creation, that my limited mind is a processing mechanism. My brain is really a processing plant. It is like my computer that can store information. But what I am storing, that's that divine inspiration that flows in. And I can have access to anything that I need at any given time. And so for me, it is the practical aspect. What do I do every day? How do I align? How do I allow myself to flow the full flow of divinity, both when things are going amazingly and I'm at my highest high, and especially when I'm at my most wounded, pained self? How do I be God then? So to me, again, this is like my daily experience. There is nothing about it that is different between me deciding what I'm going to have for breakfast and me deciding what I'm going to write or what I'm going to say and how I'm going to show up with my kids. It is all a part of being a whole person Mm, and a whole divine being, right? So as far as the kids, what I've come to understand, and you know, anything I share, the more that I learn about this, the more I realize like I'm going to really put a stake in my opinions and I don't need anyone here to agree. And I actually appreciate when people have different opinions and we can have a real interesting and enlightening conversation for everybody. But what I currently believe and I, what I live is that, that wounding that I had as a child, you know, all of the, I'm not good enough. And this didn't get meat. And this, everyone has some version of that. I've never met a person that didn't have some sort of experiences that led them to launch rockets of desire in Abraham's lingo. Right. Yeah. It's that it's what Rumi says the wound, the cracks are where the light enters and it is consistently my biggest portals into the light is the the places where I have the strongest emotional responses, my triggers and my brilliance and my genius. And unfortunately or fortunately, when you expand on one side of the spectrum, you're going to expand on the other side of a spectrum. So the more that you feel into your pain and wounding, the more you increase your capacity for joy and light and vice versa. And this is one of the challenges of success or challenges of genius. Like when you look at, artists and creatives in our world who've become famous, they'll inevitably say, I went through really dark periods of time as well, because as they are flowing more inspiration and more, you know, leading edge divinity, they're also going to have access to the darker side of things. And this is what I feel like people don't talk about enough. So when I've spent time in the hot seat with Abraham, which is a really incredible experience and a lot of moving energy, a lot of times my questions revolved around, how do I apply this in my life today? How do I be a fully realized person with my kids when they're screaming Mm -hmm. and I want to scream and like, how do I live this in the context of maybe not having enough money or going through a period where my husband and I want a divorce or everything failing in my life and me feeling like a failure? How do I be this empowered, invincible, fully realized self in those circumstances? Because I know if I can do it there, I can do it anywhere. And then- It is stable, meaning I am not afraid of anything. Then I am free because I don't depend on circumstances outside of me to give me a feeling of inner safety, inner well-being,
0: and success. Okay, so what was their answer? I mean... (laughs) What's, what's the answer? I'm like, I can't go watch the YouTube video right now. Because, <laughs> so what do they say? Because it really is true. And that's the answer is that it is always
1: a matter of your perspective. Mm-hmm. And so when you practice, and the key word here is practice, when you practice attuning to well-being in any circumstance, it becomes something that you get to keep with you no matter where you go. Okay. And it is a practice. And a lot of times the practice, you know, it's like when you're ready, it will show up. So a lot of times I have people starting, let's say my Master Your Life Academy and everything is just going so amazingly. And then they'll hit a period where they get fired from their job. Their relationships are all up, you know, in the flames and things are happening. And I'm the first one to say good you're on to the next level. Now the old frameworks and the old structures that you've built that weren't serving you are breaking down so that you can create a new you and a new framework. And so that's when the tire hits the road in creating your new self, like a new perspective on life, right? And once you get to experience that in those circumstances, again, you can then receive the celebrations and the successes and the manifestations in a much more, not disattached way, but in a non-attached way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's something that is so enjoyable from its place of freedom, but you don't
0: need it. It doesn't have that ball and chain attached to it. Right. Super conditional as yep. opposed to unconditional and knowing. Yep. I think this is one of the things about motherhood and the more I'm looking into just different learnings. Do you know of Dr. Shefali? Yes. yes yeah. Yes. So I love her stuff too. And just really realizing how many parents were walking around the planet, not realizing what amazing teachers our kiddos are for us, that it's oh, not God. like there are humans that we're meant to mold. It's like, no, they're here to teach us too. Like we were matched to each other for a reason. And so just being able to have that perspective and to realize that ultimately I can't actually control them because they are actually their own beings. And so yeah. I don't actually need to feel completely responsible for every choice and everything that happens in their lives. It's my job to help guide and like you said, model for them, So that they're equipped and super secure in themselves and in the truth about themselves and having compassion for themselves and for other people. And yeah, Lord knows I need to practice that for myself so that they can actually experience it because it's just something we, I just wasn't really aware of growing up, like the things that I've been learning. That's how I really want to.
1: Yeah, you know, we're not really taught this, you know, and the truth is it just was a different world, right? I mean, I look at my parents, they were in their thirties when they left everything they knew and came to a new country with no money. I mean, I remember my dad laying in bed, crying, being so sick because we literally had no money. And if he didn't get a job, we'd be out on the street. And there we had no family in this country. Like the pressures that they went through. Do you think they're thinking about, can I be compassionate to my kid right now? Do you know what I mean? Right. They were very different needs and I totally I just had an amazing conversation with my dad because To him, well, there were a lot of negative connotations with being an entrepreneur coming from a communist country. Like, he still thinks that you have to lie and cheat and be like a sleazeball. And I had to really overcome that conditioning just starting my own business because I thought, oh no, like, am I going to become like a liar and a cheat? And, you know? And so we had this conversation because he thinks the things that I do are really risky. And I was able to say it in the best way that I've ever said. I'm like, Dad, You came to this country and worked so hard to create stability and security because that was such a core need that you have. And you've done such an amazing job. I'm going to tear up because Mm -hmm. it's so powerful. You've done such an amazing job at doing that, that I get to take risks. Mm -hmm. Like, thank you. And that your priorities are different than my priorities. You know, ultimately, if my dad didn't succeed at getting this job or whatever, his family would starve. And if my business fails, I will come between with a tail between my legs and move in with my parents, you know, yeah. like, a very different risk factor. And I acknowledge that. Whenever I face major challenges, I go back to what my grandfather on my dad's side was a twin and became an orphan during World War II. And some of the stories that he told me about the war and everything, I just remind myself, I am so grateful to be at this level of a problem. Mm -hmm. Like I can stomp my feet and I can cry. And yes, it feels real. And there are moments and hours and rarely days, but definitely hours when it feels so intense and unbearable. But ultimately man, am I living a cushy life. And I'm so grateful that this is what I'm, you know, that my, the things that I'm crying about is the fact that somebody like didn't deliver something on time that I asked for on my team or, you know, that some client is upset. I'm like, That is nothing. And having that type of perspective to go back to is what I feel like if I practice it well enough to be able to always come back to my balance, that's what my kids are going to pick up on. That it doesn't matter what happens, you can make the most of it. And that is like a full-time job for me just to practice this. (laughs) And sometimes I manage to share it with people on my list and my clients, but really the work for me, like the real business I'm in, is to be able to live this and then i share what i live you know and then i work with a lot of people who also live it in their own way and i love to find patterns and to break things down and to realize look this isn't magic i was able to break down for myself how i could consistently get into the abraham hicks hot seat I went to the workshops, I couldn't get in, I felt totally unworthy and like, why can't I do this? And then I figured out how to do it. And then I could get into any, you know, I raised my hand and they get to choose me anytime I wanted to. That's really satisfying for me to be able to figure out how things that are seemingly out of my control are actually in response to my vibration and how I can deliberately have a replicatable process that I can apply to it. That's fun. It is really, fun. It's yeah.
0: like you've got a magic wand and you're like, hey, what do I want now? <laughs> yes. Actually, that just happened in a super micro way that I was going to get my nails done with my mom and sisters on Sunday, which was Super Bowl Sunday when we were recording this. And I was like, you know, I really want to get in honor of A Course About Copies Anniversary... I want to get the color nail polish I had years ago when I did the photo shoot that's currently up on my website and whatever. But I was like, I can't remember the name of the polish. Oh, well, I'll figure it out when I get there because I haven't used it in years, but I used to wear it all the time. And then as soon as I went into the nail place, the little stack where they have all of the different colors, it was literally scooted forward. Like all the rest were back and then the one color and it was the first thing that my eye caught and then I picked it up. I was like, if that's it, then this is ridiculous. But it totally was. I even took a picture. Right. So I love this.
1: Cause this is like something that seems seemingly insignificant, right? Like, I mean, if you wouldn't have gotten that nail polish, nothing really major would have happened, but let's just break it down. What are the steps that needed to happen for you to have that experience? And then let's see if when it could apply to something huge, like, like a, what most people think is impossible to deliberately create. Mm-hmm. Like, getting pregnant effortlessly or, you know, having your business triple or what, whatever, whatever you're the. So the mm-hmm. steps that needed to happen is A, you identified what you wanted. Yes. And a lot of times it comes from lack. And what you said, which lack is a strong word in this case, but that's why you're able to manifest this so easily because there was no lack. You're just like noticing the absence of the color on your nails mm-hmm. and remembering how good it felt to have it at certain moments and remembering the feeling. So you both felt, here's what I don't want. What I don't want is to maybe, you know, kind of be in the space where my business isn't, you know, at the forefront of my mind, let's say like, okay, the time for that was good. And now I'm ready to focus on it. So what I do want is to kind of bring it forward. And it, felt very playful the way you're describing, which is another key to manifestation. Anytime you make it serious, you're literally adding resistance to a process that would be way faster if you didn't add the resistance. But most of us need to work through some sort of core wounding before we can be playful. So you show up, you're lightly saying to in essence, all of the universe, because the universe is always listening to anything you are thinking or feeling. You're saying, wouldn't it be fun if I could have this color and you're remembering this feeling of what it felt like. But here's what I like to break down for people is before you could even have this feeling and feel the inspiration to go to that particular salon at that particular time, that nail polish was already in existence, and the universe had already known that you are capable of having that desire manifest. So it's almost like they had to be a match before you could even have the idea that you wanted to go to this place at this time. Mm -hmm. And really, this is what co-creation is about. Before I created the kind of relationship that is swoon-worthy with my husband, he already existed. Mm-hmm. We were already being prepared each in our own way for this common vortex that we had built way before we met. Our kids were already in it, not specific, you know, facial features and all that, but in essence, that energy was already swirling around. And so what I like to teach us how to take this nebulous energy and pull it into your life in a tangible experience where you're able to recognize every step of the way, how you were a match to it and how you deliberately attracted it. Meaning not through action, action is like the last step. There might be 10 steps and action will probably be the eighth or the ninth or the 10th, but the other steps are all of the prep work. It's almost like before you can give birth to a baby, you got to get pregnant. (laughs) You got to eat well and have it grow and have it be healthy and carry it to term. And then at the end you'll give birth. And then everybody will look at the baby and be like, yeah, here's the baby. But there was all this other invisible stuff that was happening
0: internally. Right. Right. Okay, so I got clear that I wanted the nail polish. I was remembering the fun of the year when I first launched. You could access the
1: feeling. You right. could access the feeling that you wanted, yeah.
0: Okay, and then what?
1: Then you were basically not resistant. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which it sounds kind of open-ended, but really most of the time, the only the manifestations aren't coming is because there's some form of resistance. And the resistance is a great thing. So that's another thing that I feel like I teach differently. Resistance, if you've ever done any weight training, is great because it builds your muscle. So it's necessary for you to move up the emotional scale. Sometimes we get what we want, but a lot of times we get what we need so that we can work with it to get to be a vibrational match to what we want. Mm -hmm. And so you weren't resistant because you had worked through all the resistance. But let's just say, in theory... This whole experience of you remembering the nail polish happened a year ago when you still maybe were not ready to focus on your business. You would have had a totally different feeling. You might have not felt inspired to go to the nail salon. But if for some reason you dragged yourself to the nail salon anyway and looked at that color and by some weird chance, got it it probably would have backfired, which a lot of people do, is they take the action while there's resistance and then they are miserable when it actually manifests Mm. because they are not a vibrational match for what they want. But that's all right because you, you know, like Abraham says, you can never get it wrong because you never get it done. So like try again, you know, (laughs) Do, do something different next time. So resistance is a really healthy mechanism which allows you to identify kind of the gaps in your own vibration to be a match for what you want. And you're always going to have some level of resistance. You might as well embrace it because that's the human part, right? But you also can... Feel the momentum of releasing that resistance and enjoy that process so that the manifestation is really unfolding for you over time in small increments. And you're able to recognize it and digest it and assimilate it and celebrate it and bask in it and praise it and share it way before you get the quote-unquote big manifestation. Like you're basically stringing it out so that your life becomes one big series of universe winking at you and blinking at you and flirting with you and manifesting small things and then bigger things and then even bigger things. But to you, they're all natural.
0: hmm Yes. Yes, exactly. Well... Okay. So another thing that I'm thinking about right now, that's a funny story because again, they seem so small, but then when you start noticing them, you're like, again, totally like winky, winky, winky face, because I was telling my husband, you know, made a honeydew list for him to do on this Friday. And so on Thursday night I was telling him, I'm like, I really need you to get this last strand of Christmas lights down from the front of our house. Cause he had gotten all the rest of them down, but we have a two story archway at our front door and he needed to borrow a ladder to get the last strand down. I was like, it's driving me nuts. It's bad feng shui. I don't want. <laughs> I don't like walking in here and seeing this strain of lights. And so I kid you not, after we dropped off president at school, me, Deacon, and Jeremy were at the breakfast table, and this guy rings the doorbell, and he's like, I'm here to wash the windows. And we were like, well, I think you're at the wrong house. And he actually meant to go, like the people who sold us our house, he meant to go to their house. He just didn't realize it was a new address. But kid you not, he had brought two soapy buckets and a ladder. Of course. <laughs> in the front porch. And I was course. like – Oh my gosh. Like exactly the ladder that Jeremy would have gone just to our neighbor's house to borrow. It wouldn't have been a huge inconvenience or anything, but it was so funny because he didn't come to ring the doorbell first. He brought all of his stuff and then rang the doorbell. And it was just so funny. I was like, can I be totally obnoxious and ask you if we can borrow your ladder? And he was like, no, I'll do it. I'm so sorry for interrupting your breakfast. I'd be happy to. And then he climbed up his ladder and got the Christmas lights down and (laughs) went on his merry way. And I was like, this is hilarious because we were detached from the outcome. It was this yep. or something better. We were going to borrow a ladder however we needed to. And yep. So, yeah, those are a couple but, of my but, favorite phrases. Know, but, but
1: but. This, is, this is awesome because what you naturally do, so somebody could look at you and maybe even somebody listening to a podcast and be like, oh, yeah, well, sure, Nikki, everything works out for you because you're like awesome, you know, <laughs> and I'm not, basically, some variation of that. And I think it's really fascinating that you chose to focus on those experiences and you basically are doing naturally what I teach people, which is whatever you focus on will amplify. So start focusing on anywhere you can find alignment or inspiration or evidence of your own power and your own capability and how you're supported. And by the time that you do it with this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing, you add so much momentum that quote unquote, bigger things can flow in. And so for you, just from what I remember of your pattern of your business, there were so many magical things that you couldn't have scripted that were Mm. were orchestration of them was so (laughs) insanely perfectly timed and done with all the people that needed to come together for you to have that amazing launch that you had a few years ago. And you can also tell how you were flowing And because you didn't know any differently, you really couldn't even hold on to any resistance versus what I, you know, from our conversations, kind of what we had, how some of the other elements of business maybe then became resistant. Yeah. Then then you can not get a whiff of that alignment and that magic from that point. Like if you're taking action, you're taking action from a different, it's almost like you are unable, you can only see with your eyes and perceive with your mind the vibration that you're currently in. So if you're tuned to that station, you can only hear that music, right? There's other stations playing other music, but that's not what you are hearing. Mm -hmm. So when you are out of alignment, most people will sit there and try to hammer the situation in and focus on the problem and try to fix the problem. But the problem is there to inspire you to move to a different vibration where the solution is. You're not going to find the solution to the problem at the same level of the problem, at the same vibrational frequency as the problem. So the problem is healthy and beautiful and necessary in order for you to recognize, Ooh, I got to become bigger than who I've been and I got to learn some new things and expand and I get to grow and I get to release old pieces of identity that no longer resonate and da And then you can attune to the level of solution. And then the solution is obvious. Mm. But that is a different process than most of us were taught. How to problem solve, how to, you know, live in this world, basically. And so I love what you're doing naturally. And I also would love to do this kind of quick and dirty little analysis on something that didn't go well. So what would you say mattered to you, but you felt like, God, darn it. Like, why doesn't this thing fall into place? Even though I've tried, you know, it this way and this way, is there anything that you can point to in business or in life where you felt like there isn't that magic? There isn't that flow. You know, there is something just isn't going and you can't quite figure out why.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I've it's I'm almost two years away from this experience. And so, well, I can think of a few things, but I mean, of course I can think of many things again for you listening. Yes. There are lots of things that don't go (laughs) as planned or intended or not even intended, but just the way that you think about things and they manifest. But one thing in particular in June of 2016, Naptime Empires was on my brain and I was putting the thought out there and instantly, as soon as I put the type form up to just get feedback and had a landing page, I had like several hundred responses to this in-depth questionnaire, which I'll link in the show notes because I'm still loving reading the answers. And so my brain wanted to, or my being wanted to experiment with Naptime Empires, but I wasn't sure where that left a course about copy. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't know what I wanted to create with Naptime Empires. I just knew I wanted to start a conversation. And so I was trying and Deacon had been born at the, like almost the last day of 2015. So this was when he was brand new and Jeremy was gone and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't have the energy right now, but I'm going to do a Hail Mary pass and do some webinars in the summer of 2016 for a course about copy. Cause I hadn't done a live launch in six months since before Deacon was born and whatever. And then they just didn't do well. Like, I mean, and I say that in retroactive, I still had like 40 yeah. people join over yeah. a couple months. Yeah. That's ridiculous, yeah. but for me, they just weren't yeah. doing well. And it was the same webinar. It was the same workshop. Yeah. Everybody was loving it. in the yeah. comments, they're like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. And I felt excited about it. And then I was like, what the F is going on? Like, is this the universe telling me you need to go in a different direction? And if everything was going well, I never would have paused long enough to start Naptime Empires and actually pursue it, you know? So, okay, that's
1: well, so, Yeah, no, what you're describing is so perfect because basically you had you know, imagine climbing mountains or something, right? Or, so let's use an example. Do you play any sports like tennis or golf or I don't know? I used to love playing volleyball, yes. Okay, so let's give an example of volleyball. Let's say you're starting out volleyball. You obviously need to learn the basics. And if you're loving doing the basics, then you start some sort of like a league or something and you play with people. Eventually, you're gonna wanna play better players where you're gonna lose because that's how you get to the level of mastery that's the next level, Right. Yes. And, but in our society, again, we don't really do well. The example I always give is when you grow from five years old to six years old or to 10 years old, everyone expects you to change your shoe size, your clothes, your speech, your personality. But something happens somewhere in our 20s where we're expected to just be the same. Mm. but you've just outgrown your old clothes. Not that those clothes were bad. They were perfect for when you were at that stage. They were Just like when you were five, you want to wear five-year-old's clothes. You don't need 10-year-old's clothes then. They are not the right fit, but it's healthy and it's going to happen that you're going to outgrow things and how to be able to transition from one to another in a way that you know, allows there to be room for grace and for closure of one and beginning with that. But what you also were talking about is that you had a newborn. And this is by far the thing that I think we underestimate, at least in the American culture. In Europe, they're much more understanding of this. Like most places in Europe give you a year off to be with your child. Mm. A year! Because they understand that it takes you and the baby at least that time to get the new use together, you know, you've changed it. But so I did the same thing. I ended up doing a super successful launch when actually the baby was like the last one, six months. And then I had a really big flop again, still successful by lots of measures. But for me, it basically, I felt like it, like, what's the right word when something like Blows up from the inside out, you know. Yeah, <laughs> imploded. yeah, I felt like it was to the point where I closed my free Facebook group and like just needed to not do anything for a month. Mm. And it was really emotional and challenging. It felt like a failure, but it's because the way I was doing things, I had outgrown. Mm -hmm. but I didn't admit it to myself. And the lesson that I learned from that, and I'm sure that you learned from that experience and you need those lessons is that never again, am I going to try to fit a square peg that I loved into a round hole, which I now need to be Mm -hmm. like, it's okay to let things go. It's all right. You know, some relationships will end chapters of our life. Our kids are going to grow up and they're going to, you know, do different things. And there is this change is inherent in evolution and we aren't taught to deal well with change and to embrace it and welcome it and recognize that it is necessary for our own growth and that it's a healthy thing and a good thing. But with the thing that you and I were talking about to go back is that you could tell that there was mixed vibration, but you took the action that you used to take from a place of clear, pure vibration and the results were different surprise, yeah. you know, like, yeah. that's exactly what's going to happen because your vibration is 99% of what people are picking up. And by vibration, I mean your inner alignment between what you want, what you say, and what you do and who you be, I guess. And all of those are in alignment. Boom, green light. Yeah. You can move as fast as you want and you were not going to feel any friction one of those is out of alignment, and you haven't taken the time to take that journey and let it enhance you, then taking action will, you know, create some sort of mixed results, whether that's externally or internally, because there isn't that total alignment. And it can
0: be painful. And that's okay, (laughs) because you're learning from it. And that's the thing is like, As it was happening, literally as each webinar was closing, because I did it four freaking times over the span of a week, (laughs) just to different groups. Because I was like, are you kidding me?
1: Are you kidding me? I'm laughing
0: because I've done this and I just, (laughs) It's like, it's like my stubbornness was just like, this is not the right way to use my stubbornness. You know? No, no, it was, so, it was so ridiculous. I did it four times in a span of a week to different groups of people on my list, you know, and I was having fun in the moment while I was doing it, but I think it was a bigger thing and it kicked off this season. Really, I think Deacon and his arrival just in general has really kicked off the season of me being aware that I needed to slow the F down yeah. and just reconsider See, how master I'm doing teachers. things. We yeah, have master totally.
1: teachers coming in and we would be foolish to not be schooled in that because yeah. they are coming in to teach us our next level. And how many women and how many people in general don't receive the epic gifts that their kids bring because they come in packages that are hard for us to receive? hmm I feel like it's a hugely missed opportunity. Like these kids can literally be your greatest school of how to live happier. They are such naturals at that, that if you just pay attention and allow them to change you, but you know, having the background in therapy, what I realized, the reason that that's so hard is because you literally have to let some parts of you die and it feels like a death and we are taught to fear death in our society. Mm -hmm. So that's why we don't do well with it because we aren't, Reverent and celebratory of that experience. We feel like it's a loss instead of, we focus on the death and not the rebirth part, you know?
0: Yeah. The transition that yeah. it is. And yeah, I was actually able to be there when my grandmother transitioned and I was, it was 2013 and I just, it was such a miracle. I was able to be there anyway, because I lived in Hawaii. And honestly, that was one of my biggest fears was like, if something happens to my grandparents who have all now transitioned to the other side, or to a new channel, right? The purest channel of love and light. And that was one of my biggest fears that I was going to miss it or whatever. So to be able to be there, I was just like, it was the most beautiful. It was like, okay, non, way to show off. (laughs) There's just so evident to me that this is not who we are. Our bodies are very important to this lifetime and the vessel that we're in, but this is just not who we are. Mm. And there is a spark that is definitely infinite, whether you call it source, you know, the Holy Spirit, like you said, just God in each of us. And so-
1: And do you have a relationship with your grandparents or whoever you are closest to now? I imagine you have a very active and vibrant relationship with them still, even in the non-physical now. Totally.
0: That was my first... Actually, that month was my first call with my friend, Michelle Simmons, who I've worked with for years, ever since. She was actually a client of mine first, and she did EFT. I was like, okay again, super skeptical. Like, what is this tapping? What's the deal? Like, tell me about it. And she's like, let's do a session. And then she mentioned she was also intuitive or medium. And I had no idea like what that, you know, besides Long Island medium, but anyway, (laughs) I've had some really amazing experiences and I do, I just feel like it's all love. We're not going anywhere. We're just in that purest vibration of love and light and as close to God as you can be, you know, like that's the purest essence. And so I've, yeah, I've had a lot of interesting conversations with friends, with Mediums, which again, I have friends who say everyone is. I'm like, well, then I'm a medium because I don't really, <laughs> I haven't owned my skill. I'd be a medium, but I do. I also just love having those conversations with Bryson, you know, to be like, this isn't something we have to be scared of, and we're always together, and we have that eternal connection. Oh,
1: I have to tell you this joke because the kids must have been right around like three years old. And from early, like somebody died, like Francis's dog died, my husband's dog, or somebody died that wasn't living with us. She she was with relatives, but we had this conversation about death, right? And then I would just said, Hey, listen, someday mommy's going to die, or maybe you'll die, but we'll always have a relationship. (laughs) And then my son goes, well, can't I just call you? Aww. And I'm like, yeah, you can call me. He's like, no, no, no. I'm going to call you on the cell phone. like, <laughs> He's like, we're going to talk. Don't worry. And just like walked away. <laughs> such, such a clear understanding of like, don't worry. Like, of course. Yeah, I get it. You know, th- this is eternal and it never ends. And we still have those conversations in different ways. Anytime we approach those kind of loss or endings how is just energy is not destroyed or created it's just transformed. Yeah. Right? And then you get to make of it however you want to make of it and enjoy that transition process or hate it. That's up to you.
0: you yeah. know. All the feels and it's not, yeah, it's not that it's always sunshine. And that's the other thing too. I'm like, okay, buddy, if you're feeling angry, it's okay to feel angry. It's not okay to hit someone because you're feeling angry, but you got to feel the feels and you were, it's okay. And we don't have to be afraid of those feelings. We do have to let them move through or else. Yeah bottling it up and I can tell definitely when we have those moments thankful for movies like inside out where they personify the emotion we can see that this is normal and everyone has this it's part of our human experience
1: oh totally and how they have relationships with each other and Mm -hmm. how they relate with one another is, is what will determine your total well-being I love that movie there's so many great ways to like show those concepts nowadays
0: Okay, I could talk to you for (laughs) hours. In the interest of keeping this conversation to an hour-ish though, I just, as we wrap up, I'm just, and we haven't really even talked about nitty gritty. We've talked about everything we need to talk about though. I know this is going to be sparking a lot of ideas and questions and conversations for sure. But what are some of the things that we haven't talked about that you would love to pass on just based on your experience of building your business with little ones around? I especially actually am interested to point and focus this question towards what you were sharing with me the other day when we were boxing back and forth, just about being able to be supported and to know that Mm. what being a good mom looks like to you has shifted and grown and evolved as you have and just being able to... Paint that picture.
1: Yeah, you know, I just realized. How forever. I mean, I'm always finding limits to my own perspective. And I used to be very upset about it, and now I can be excited about it. And I realized that there was still a lot of conditioning from how my childhood went. My mom, you know, worked around the clock to take care of us and also worked, but had no nannies. You know, at eight years old, I was taking care of my six year old brother. That's just how it went in Russia. And even when we came here, I just feel like that sense of responsibility. And like, this is what's normal is that you just do what needs to be done. That <laughs> handing it over to someone else was really hard for me. Ultimately, what I realized came down to me feeling like, well, if no one needs me, then do I even matter? Mm. You know, and when you hit some of those core beliefs, like that attached to your idea of your worthiness and your place in the world. And so one of the challenges that I had is, well, if I outsource everything in my business and my kids have a nanny, which we now have a live-in nanny, and that took me so long to just get comfortable with. And still, I think we just had a conversation with her because she took the baby overnight, even though while I was at the house, because he's still nursing. And when he sleeps with me, he wakes up more than if he sleeps with my husband or someone else. My husband's out of town, so she offered to take the baby overnight. And I had this like, first instinct. No, you can't do that. I'm his mom. And then I was like, what am I doing? He will sleep better and I will sleep better. And why would I not allow the support? And at each level, I'm realizing how much more support I can allow and how I've been the one blocking it in the past. Hmm. So what I guess I want to leave anyone with, if it helps, is that, you know, it's good to recognize that something isn't working. And I don't like to feel stuck and I don't like to feel like a victim to my circumstances, but those points where I feel stuck and victimized and like really not sure how this can be fixed or solved because it feels unsolvable... Those are always, you know, it's darkest before the dawn experiences where I come to the greatest breakthroughs within myself and then it manifests in my life. And so now in my business, I feel so supported that I left you this box just saying, I almost can't believe that it's happening. And in my life with my kids, I've been redefining, including conversations with Abraham. My first hot seat with Abraham back in like 2012 or whatever was about Abraham, how can I be a better parent when my my kids drive me crazy. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. How can I basically do this aligned parenting thing? And what they told me still stays with me today. When you're in alignment, be with your kids. And when you're not in an alignment, be not with your kids. And my response back to them was, but who's going to be with my kids then? And that's when I realized how I have had this idea that I am the source of everything for my kids. And if they don't have me, then who do they have? Mm-hmm. And that that is actually a really limited perspective. My kids are omnipotent, powerful creators in their own right. And if I were to die tomorrow, they would be able to get all their needs met because they are that powerful. And so I need to get off my being needed horse and actually focus on my own alignment and be an example of that for my kids instead of be the provider of everything for them which also goes back to my codependent tendencies that I grew up with and all this stuff. But in short, when I hit those points of greatest frustration, now I get excited that that means that I'm at the precipice of my greatest breakthrough. And that's changed the game for me, right? Because I can simultaneously be hurt and upset and confused and have this witness that says, Ooh, this is good.
0: Yes. Yeah. (laughs) It sets up the expectation. Like this has got to be something good coming around on the other side of it. Exactly.
1: Yeah. 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 So you know what? I fail all the time. I feel like this is the other thing that I realized and it's true. Like if you take risks and you fail a lot, it's going to turn into successes eventually because there are no failures. But if you don't play, you can't win. Mm. So just get in there and play, you know, (laughs) And, and whatever happens, it's all a part of a journey and none of it is that serious. If my grandfather could be hungry, stranded in World War II, lost all his family and is basically naked with nothing with his twin brother and is able to tell me those stories and laugh about it, nothing is that serious, you know? And I feel like that's the perspective that is the kind of perspective that allows you to really enjoy this life and to feel like you are playing and creating instead of carrying a giant responsibility
0: and weight that I think a lot of us tend to feel when we are parents and business owners. I'm totally doodling these with my pencil over here, but I love that you just came full circle from talking about the voice in your head that said, you don't get to play right now. And then you just said, if you don't play, you can't play. (laughs) And so exactly. it's like, yeah. So get in the freaking game, and it's easier said than done. I understand if you're listening and you're feeling in a funky space. And I've been in that funky space, and I'm currently in a very like the clearest, most energized space that I've been in, possibly in years right now. And I don't want to be scarcity about it and feel like it's about to end or something. But I do. You know what? Maybe well. it will here.
1: end someday because yeah. it'll be the darkness before the dawn. Right. Right. It'll yeah. be more light. More light. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It's like we all celebrate summer, but what about winter? Yeah, How about we find the coziness and awesomeness in winter too? Because it is a necessary part of the cycle and we can honor it and respect it and be like, oh, we're just in winter time right now. Mm-hmm. I might not be outside in a tank top, but I can cozy up by the fire. right? Like find the joy in it. Yeah.
0: I love it. Well, thank you for dropping all of your wisdom here and sharing <laughs> it. It's been so fun. I love talking about this stuff. Like I love Me too. Can we do this again? It's yes. <laughs> so fun. <I> <laughs> marinate in it. I do call it woo. It's to me, it's semantics. And just because it's just, a yeah. different, it's a step above what you normally just talk about and think about if you're just kind of shuffling through life or whatever. So to yes. me, when it's just, Zooming out on life and just thinking about how you're actually experiencing it and thinking about your thoughts and metacognition and all the nerdy things I love talking about this. So I love hearing you talk about it and being in your flow and I thank you for being who you are and I just love Seeing you in my newsfeed because there's always something powerful that you're sharing or some dance parties Exactly Which is powerful in itself. Those (laughs) dance parties are powerful. I had a dance party actually in my kitchen this morning. And I obviously, Jada couldn't see me, but I boxed her the song. I was like, can you see me dancing in my kitchen? But I just sent her a voice message that was the music because I was just getting in the zone today. So I'm all about the dance parties. Yeah. Um, All kinds of good links and stuff in the show notes. So y'all can check out if you don't know Abraham I know you're gonna like raise an eyebrow or maybe you're like oh my gosh me too and you've been a closeted Abraham listener you don't have to overanalyze it it's just the message that's a beautiful message and it makes a lot of sense to me I feel like with anything, just listen. And if it
1: resonates with you, keep it. And if it doesn't throw it out, like if something, you don't have to throw out the baby with the bathwater, right? Just take what you need from any experience or any person. I do that all the time. (laughs) All right. Well, I guess we have to stop recording now. Thank you, Nikki, for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation and to connect
0: with your listeners. I'm excited to hear what you guys think of this episode. Yes. uh, You continue in the comments. Yeah. Totally. I'll add you to the group. That way you can see and we can continue the conversation in the playground. Perfect. Thanks, Lana. Thanks. All right. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as we did and the homework for you today. Should you choose to accept it, is to consider and to look back with 2020 hindsight at your own story. You know, I love the term divine breadcrumbs, right? And so, what I want you to do is just to take a few minutes today, just to look back, if you haven't in a while, in retrospect, and look at how each part of your story has brought you to who and where you are today. Just connect some of those dots and divine breadcrumbs and celebrate your story. I would love for you to share it, actually. So I would love for you to take some time, just reflect on your journey. You know, you can look at the broader scope and how different parts of your childhood led you to be interested in what you're interested in. Or even just in your business journey, whether that's the last year or even five years, whatever it is, just connect some of those dots. Just be grateful to past you for the lessons that she learned and that she went through to get you to who and where you are today. And then share one of those insights. Again, that's bonus points, extra credit. And be sure to tag me at Nikki Elledge Brown on Instagram so I can see and share and celebrate with you. All right. Have a good one. Catch you next time. This show may be over, but the conversation is just beginning. Head on over to NaptimeEmpires.com slash Facebook so you can join my free... Wait, did I say free? I meant priceless. Rapidly growing community of Naptime Empire builders for deeper discussions, behind-the-scenes scoop, and of course, updates whenever I've got new stuff coming up for you. NaptimeEmpires.com slash Facebook. See you there. See you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>